Hello, everyone. Welcome to Basecamp. Kevin Riley here. Thank you for tuning in. We have an abbreviated episode for you today. A reason being is that there's going to be some changes to the base camp. All for the better, I promise you. But wanted to take this opportunity to fill you in on those changes so you know what to expect in the future. Also have an interview with Matt Samet, Climbing Magazine's editor-in-chief. The editorial team is about to depart on their annual editorial trip. This year, they're heading to Cayman Brack, and I talked to Matt about that. Okay, the podcast. So we're going to be changing formats. Now, when we first launched Basecamp back in June, we had discussed a number of different formats. One of the formats that we really liked was a segmented format where the podcast would serve as an extension of the magazine, a place where we could provide a preview of the current issue, where we could deep dive into some of the departments and features, provide bonus content, and still feature an interview with an industry VIP, whether it be an athlete, a creative, or um, industry icon. But, you know, we really didn't have the ability to provide that type of format. Now, I was a freelancer at the time. I wasn't in the office. um, I was traveling. So we weren't able to accomplish that. But now that I've recently been hired as the associate publisher over at Climbing, um, a title I've actually held before. I was with Climbing from 2007 to 2013. I'm now in the office. I now have access to our editorial staff as well as our contributors. So we're going to be moving towards that segmented uh, format, starting with the next print issue of Climbing, which is our February-March training issue. Now, the podcast will be published on the on-sale date of the print issue. So I advise you to stay tuned to subscribe to the podcast. That way you can get a preview of the upcoming issue before it's delivered to your house or before you pick one up at your gym or retailer. And um, yeah, and get all that great content, whether, you know, it be Matt talking about a piece of gear he reviewed or James Lucas giving an in-depth account of a feature article he wrote or Kevin Corrigan talking about, you know, one of his humor departments. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Definitely stay tuned. Uh, We're all really excited for the changes. All right. Well, let's move forward to our interview with Climbing Magazine's Matt Samet. Enjoy. All right, I'm here with Matt Samet. Thank you for joining me, Matt. I know you're working on the February-March training issue of Climbing, so that's getting put to bed soon. It is, yeah. It goes out the door uh, tomorrow, actually. It better. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it will. And then immediately after, you're actually heading off to Cayman Brack for the editorial trip. You know, everyone kind of seems to think that being a climbing editor is this like hugely glamorous job where you just get to go climb all the time. Mm-hmm. But as you know, and as I know, it's a lot more than that. There's a lot of uh, stress that comes with being a climbing editor, a lot of hard work, and it's not all climbing. Sometimes you actually climb less <laughs> than you would if you had just a normal nine to five right. desk job. But is the editorial trip a glamorous, fun trip, or is it a lot of work as well? 
You know, I'd say the editorial trip is a, a mix of both, just based on my past experience having done them. Um, you know, like in the past, climbing used to sort of send out individual editors who'd go on individual edit trips, and maybe they'd be a pet project, or they'd go profile someone, mm-hmm. or go to a destination area. Um, in recent years, there's been more of a trend towards taking the whole team and going yeah. all at once on an editorial trip. You know, so it's a, it's a working trip. I mean, it's not a vacation. We're not just going there and, and doing whatever we want. You know, uh-huh. we'll be there climbing, and and this has sort of been the, the routine with past past editorial trips. You know, you're climbing, but you're also usually putting a feature together, like a destination okay. feature. So we'll be working with our senior contributing photographer, Andrew Burr, who's been nice. on a bunch of these. Um, and it'll be the entirety of the edit staff, which is me, um, James Lucas, and, and Kevin Corrigan. Mm-hmm. And then Nina Williams and then Burr's significant other, uh, Juanita, is, is coming, are coming with us. So there'll be six of us total. Okay. And we have the gear guide coming up. That's mm-hmm. the following issue. I mean, are you testing gear as well? Is that one of objective of the trip? It is, yeah. That's sort of been one... Uh, way it's all come together is that the editorial trip is dovetailed with gear testing for the gear guide. You know, our gear guide is the uh, May issue next year. And so with the gear guide, basically, we're just collecting gear all year as it comes in. So mm-hmm. we have different different venues for testing in the magazine. We have our essentials department. Um, we have online reviews. And we also have the gear guide. And the gear guide usually is sort of new stuff that's coming out for 2018, 2019, because we're right on the cusp of all the spring lines coming out from the, from all the big brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and also maybe sort of a wrap-up of 2018, some sort of best of 2018, stuff like that. Usually it's broken down into categories, and this year I, I, I'm pretty sure we'll do it. Trad, sport, bouldering, alpine, and then base camp, which is okay. sort of a catch-all for camping and clothing and sundries mm-hmm. like that. The thing is we're going to an island in the Caribbean where I guess the the daytime high is 84 degrees. So uh, will we be alpine testing? Probably not. <laughs> we probably won't be testing ice tools and gloves and, and puffies. You know, a lot of that stuff has been, we've been testing already uh, and, and sent it out to testers who are up in the hills. So we'll probably be doing uh, mostly sport climbing. I think that's the big thing that's on Cayman Brack. Maybe a little bolder if we can find any. Yeah, yeah. How did you guys choose Cayman Brack? Whose decision was that? You know, so last year the edit trip was to Slovenia in Central Europe, and the year before that I think was Jordan. So we just thought, you know, okay, we did a desert trip. We did kind of a European limestone trip. Let's get to a tropical island. This is a theme, you know. Mm-hmm. So we sort of put our heads together and thought of all the warm, sunny, limestoney, you know, kind of vacation places. And Cayman Brack was high on the list, so we basically we reached out to – to tourism boards and just say, hey, we're trying to put this trip together. Are you interested in having us? Are you interested in hosting us? And the people at the Cayman Islands Department of Tourism were, were very excited, and we kind of got into a dialogue with them and have been just putting this trip together probably over the last six months or something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. What's the travel like? How do you get there? We fly to Houston, and then we fly to the Grand Cayman. So it's just two flights to Grand Cayman, and then from there you take a really short, like a little half-hour flight to Cayman Brack. And I guess uh-huh. Cayman Brack is a, a pretty small island. I've never been there before, but yeah. I talked to um, John Burns, who's put up a lot of the routes there and was okay. kind of the, one of the original developers. He owns a climbing hostel out there, and he spends about three months a year there. Um, and he actually used to climb a lot with my mother-in-law. They worked together at, mm. um, at Hewlett-Packard, I think. Okay. Yeah, so... The place it, looks insane. It just looks like this island that the entire surrounding uh, island is all just cliffs. 
It looks like limestone cliffs. Is that right? Yeah, it's limestone. I mean, I guess Brack is Gaelic for bluff. So okay. it's named after one whole side of the island on the north. I think the northwest side, okay. just looking at a map, is all one giant limestone bluff called the point where there's these 140, it's a 140 foot sea cliff that just drops straight to the sea. Uh-huh. And I guess the island's named for that, you know, the, the bluff or the Brack. But yeah, I think it's basically just like this limestone long limestone island sticking up out of the caribbean yeah i was checking out a mountain a mountain project and they had a lot of photos of all the bolts there it seems like they deteriorate and they get a lot of corrosion Mm -hmm. because of the sea over there so they started using these like kind of i think it was titanium bolts yeah which is pretty wild i don't think i've ever seen that anywhere else yeah i think cayman brack actually is where this problem was first noticed of even stainless steel metal like corroding and becoming totally unreliable within a year or two of the oh roots going gosh. up. Yeah, like stress corrosion cracking and, and, and saline corrosion. Um, so they they realized early on that they had a problem, and, and it's actually one of the areas where some of this sort of glue-in technology was developed. But talking to John, yeah, you know, it was years of work to re- rebolt all these old roots because uh, they didn't realize what they had to, had to do when they mm-hmm. first put in the stainless steel. And then all the new roots obviously have titanium glue-in. So... Yeah, that'll be good. You know, the last time I went to an island and did some sea cliff climbing, I was in Ibiza in 2009, and they had not updated everything yet with glue-ins, and there were multiple routes where I just backed off. I was like, yeah. there's a rust streak two feet long coming out of that bolt. It doesn't look like something I'd even hang Christmas lights around. You know, I'm not going to take a fall on that. So, I'm no, I'm, you know, hats off to all the, the folks that came in Brack. I know it's a lot of hard work, like replacing bolts with glue-ins, especially on overhanging rocks. Mm-hmm. And what's the climbing like there? You mentioned it's limestone. Is it pretty standard limestone? Is it real featured? Is there a lot of tufas? Pretty yeah. vertical overhanging? I, I was looking at some videos online. It looks like there's uh, the steeper walls are kind of white and gray blobby tufa climbing, okay. like European-style tufa climbing. Yeah. Uh, there's some more vertical stuff. I think the point is gently overhanging. There's a lot of smaller crags around. Um, what John told me is that it's actually not the best place in the world for moderate climbing because the lower angle rock is that really spiny gray yeah. limestone where the water has created all those little water, super sharp water pockets and fins. Uh-huh. So he said it's the kind of rock where if you fall, you just get torn to Ugh. ribbons. Yeah. So I think it sounds like all the best climbing is sort of vertical on up, just given the nature of the rock. I think they're finding more moderate climbing, but you have to sort of prepare it first. And what do you guys do when you get back from the trip as far as compiling all of the editorial content and the research as far as gear testing? What's the, what do you guys do when you get back with all that stuff? You know, we will take a lot of gear with us. We test, we take notes while we're testing. Um, you know, multiple people will be using each piece of gear. Usually what happens once we start bringing it together for the gear guard is I'll just sort of send out feedback sheets to people mm-hmm. and I'll just compile all that, you know, if it's something I haven't tested directly. If it's something we've each tested directly, we'll, we'll just sort of do a write-up, you know, okay. so for the gear guide, they're like 200, 150 word, 200 write-ups, 200 word write up, something like that. Nice. Yeah. Well, have a great trip. I'm excited to talk to you when you get back and hear about it. Oh, thank you. I'm very psyched to go. I have not been anywhere since, I don't know, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've left the country since 2009. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what happens when you have kids and you have no money. So (laughs) very excited and grateful to be able to take this trip. Cool. Thanks, Matt. All right, thanks, Kevin. Well, that's the conclusion of the show. I want to thank you all for tuning in and thank Matt Samet for taking the time. 
Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can check out the new and improved Base Camp, which will be published on the on-sale date of January 15th. Today's music was provided by Small Houses at smallhouses.band. That's a wrap. See you at the next Base Camp. <laughs>